Oh, good to have my old uh, buddy uh, Blair Browning, commissioner of the of our fantasy football league, the Art Vandalay League, which will happen uh, tonight. And uh, now on line one, on the guest line, oh, you can hear him. He's getting ready for a big weekend of college football. He's a man who went to SMU, but he's he's got some Minnesota love, so he loves those Golden Gophers. And uh, <laughs> Kevin Longquist joining me as he does uh, on a fairly frequent basis, so much so that I need to find a way to, to compensate him more than I do. Uh, Kevin, um, Kevin, what would um, what would uh, did you did your heart start to race a little bit last night? A, a halftime lead for Minnesota over Ohio State, or have you seen enough of those things to to not let yourself get too emotionally invested? Well, I'll put it to you this way, Matt. I was doing Alito last night. By the way, our friend Mr. Haney caught a 55-yard touchdown pass uh, in the game last night. Yes, he got free in the secondary. Someone lost him, and he actually won the race to the pylon and was able to get in there right before he got hit. Um, As far as the Gophers are concerned, uh, yes, I've seen that act so many times over – I don't know. I mean, I I started following because, you know, my dad is a – my late father is a – alum of the University of Minnesota, going back to, gosh, I don't know, probably early 80s, something like that. And so I've seen, of course, you remember they haven't won the, they haven't won the Big Ten since 1967, and they haven't won the, uh, they haven't been to the Rose Bowl since 1962, something like that. So when you see things like this, and I think the last time they beat Ohio State was like in 1998, and so... I mean, it sounded like they played as well as they could have, but you know, when you even though Ohio State was starting a you know pretty young quarterback in C.J. Stroud, there's still going to be a, ta- a talent imbalance. That's why Ohio State is the cream of the crop of the Big Ten and always yeah. in the playoff race, and why the Gophers are pretty much in the middle, hoping to get to that that upper division of the Big Ten. Yeah, I think you're right. I I, I, de- I needed to uh, get into some of this expansion talk with you real quick before we get to the Baylor sure. game tomorrow. Um, the timetable now looks like it could happen as soon as this month. The formal invitations would go out. Maybe next first week, by the way. Yeah, Maybe next yeah week. wow. Okay, as early as next week. Yeah, it keeps getting sort of moved up. Maybe by the end of the day today. Who knows? It'll just keep changing. Yeah. They'll just move it up. But um, – I mean, I don't think these schools really surprise us. BYU seems to be at the head of the list. I do find it somewhat right. humorous. You remember last time it was like, well, their stance on the LGBTQ, uh, I don't know. I don't feel good about that. And, uh, and now now it's like, no, nobody's even bringing that up. It's like BYU, yeah. they're the leading team. Let's get them right on in this conference. Um, do you think, and I, what, what still is amazing to me is that people think, well, maybe you bring them on in, and, th- and then somehow Texas and OU stay for another couple of years or whatever, and then, you, and then when they get ready to leave, these schools are ready to go here in a couple of years. Kevin, no, you and I both know that Texas is going to find its way out of here. It's what they right. do. They play by right. their own set of rules. So how do you think well, all this plays out? Okay, so I think everything, in my opinion here, Matt, I think everything is going to change to where everyone's going to find their new homes for 2022-2023 because you just can't have this toxic relationship last for the balance of the grant of rights agreement, which is through, what, June 30th of 2025. It doesn't make any sense. You've got to get these things moving. And, and look, 
you and I've talked about this several times on the air and off the air about you, you, if the Big 12 really wants to try and find a way, it's got to have some sort of relationship with the AAC schools where you're going to get three of them, it looks like, between Houston, Central Florida, and uh, Cincinnati, okay? And then you're going to bring in BYU, uh, which are four. Why are they bringing those four in there? Because, number one, the Pac-12 told them to go fly a kite when they were trying to see if they could form some, some, some kind of alliance with them. Okay, when they pretty much got shot down by the Pac-12, that was where their only recourse. So then the reality was your, your best bet is you've got to go try and find the next level of schools that could be there. Okay, so Central Florida's got about, what, 50,000, 60,000 enrollment, and they've yeah. got the Orlando market. Okay, so that's a big school. you got UH, of course, which, you know, it gets the knock of a commuter school, but they are committed to winning. You know, witness their basketball team that Baylor played in the Final Four, and, you know, Dana Holgerson can get the program moving in the right direction, fine. Cincinnati, you know, I think Luke Fickle's an excellent coach. Remember, he had a great background at Ohio State before he took the Cincinnati job. And if the basketball job can return to what it was, that's a great addition to it as well. BYU, pretty solid in both uh, sports. They're always consistent, you know, making the NCAA tournament, at least getting to the first weekend, getting through the first weekend. Football team, they might be in a little bit of rebuild, but, you know, their coach just got a five-year contract extension, I believe. So you've got some stable things working there. The only thing you got to worry about is just dealing with scheduling with BYU and not playing up because they won't play on Sundays. But I think those are your four best bets on this. Now, they're not going to move the needle to where what Texas and Oklahoma did, but you can't keep these relationships the way they are for an extended period of time beyond this year. I just am of the mindset, Matt, that they are going to find a way to get the payouts set up between Texas and OU to get them out of here after this year. And the same thing with BYU coming on. Of course, BYU is an independent, but BYU and then the other three from the American Athletic to get them to come over here. It's all about just dollars and cents and legal jargon to make sure that everyone's on the up and up before this switch happens. But if it la- if, I'll say this, Matt. If this actually happens beyond 22-23, I'll be stunned. All right, but the, but the the Mormons can join us quickly, and I've been told Bowlesby this this cup because they're independent, and I've right. been told Bowlesby this Sunday has already booked a spot in the Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> Do we want to hear that? <laughs> you know, know how you sound. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he'd be a bass. He'd be very monotone. That's how he sounds. It is yeah. Kevin Longquist joining. The Matt Mosley Show, probably his favorite radio show. I don't know if he's ever said that, but I'll say it for him. Uh, and uh, on he, here on ESPN that. Central Texas, and uh, Kevin and I go way back. Okay, Kevin. First off, I wanted to help you on something. I've just been hearing. I got some breaking news yesterday from a great friend of mine that Siaka Apu uh, Ika is actually wants it pronounced Siaki Siaka uh, Ika. Okay, this is the great nose tackle for Baylor that could end up being a first-round pick, second-round pick, who knows, but is a big-time middle of that defense. I just wanted to tell you uh, a very, very good source, very close to my show, said his (laughs) last name is pronounced Ika, not Ika. And I know we've kind of learned it as Ika. I know, I know. I just want you to. Well, you can, but apparently he wants to be called Siaka. 
He does not All want right. to be called Apu. So let's give the – I mean, he's a bigger man than us. Let's give him what he wants. Now, what does what what does success look like for the Bears? Okay, I'm loading up. I'm, you know, getting the family. We're headed to San Marcos, and it's going to be fun. We'll be doing the pregame show. But is this a does this need to be a lopsided three or four touchdown type win? What is I mean, I want I I'm, I got two questions for you. What does Gary need to do in this game? And what does the team need to do? And both of those are obviously related. Okay, so it needs to be a convincing win, in my opinion, something like 38 to 10, something along those lines. Uh, as far as Gary is concerned, not turn it over. Uh, you know, if, he, if he throws one pick, he might get it. But if he gets really loose with the football, just makes a lot of mistakes or something like that, then that's not what you need starting out of that. Um, you know, I, I, I think – they just need to be really clean, and they've got to shut down a, a Texas State offense, which is pretty decent last year. And they got Brady McBride, who's going to be their se- second straight year to start. He transferred over from Memphis last year. was pretty decent last year. But I think this defense is capable of you know, pretty much shutting them down, holding them to 10 points. And I think Baylor's got to get up on them pretty quickly here to kind of get themselves feeling good about where the season could go. You know, Matt, I picked six and six with this team because I'm I'm still a little unsure on the offensive line. I think it can be a pretty decent offensive line. It just seems to be credible to a little bit of good. And if it's that, then I think they'll be fine. The other thing that this offense needs to do is that it needs to find a third receiver. I don't know what we have that yet. What we what I, I feel comfortable with RJ Sneed being your alpha, then I think and I I'm of the opinion that Tyquan Thornton will bounce back big this year. He's bigger, physically speaking. And then that third wide receiver spot, which you really need, is is that going to be Josh Fleeks? I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's sitting right there for him. And then you got Drew Estrada in the mix as well, the kid from Argyle who transferred in from Dartmouth. Yeah, don't forget Gleason. Oh, you love a Dartmouth. Anybody that's kind of Ivy League type related, you love <laughs> yeah. those kids. It's always been you. I I yeah. find this thing fascinating. This could be, I don't know if I want to call them an elite defense. They got three potential All-Americans in this defense. I mean, Petrie's awesome. Bernard has already shown he can be great at times. Doyle's a heck of a player. In the middle, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I this is these are some good linebackers. I, I mean, you got to have these other guys with Ika um, that, that you know are going to line up at, at end and 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 and, ro- and rotate through there. You got to have those guys show up with it's TJ or whoever it is. But hey, back yeah. to your old line thing. I just don't know who's. How do we say our guy's name? Mazuka or whatever Mazuka. How? I mean, that I guy's a, right. yeah. that guy's an impressive yeah. looking dude. I've seen him. He's a monstrous man. Like, I, I, I remember seeing him at one of those uh, – I went down there for the, the pro day, and I'm like, who in the world is that? And it was that guy. And, and same thing – I mean, I you know, Khalil Keith's been hanging around for a while. He's a monster of a man. They just got to prove that they can move those feet and stay in front of people. Uh, and, I think but, the, and I think the one thing, Matt, to your point on that, is that I think this is the mentality that Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach, has been trying to preach since he got there in January. And it's a really, it it sounds easy to say, but it's really difficult to master because 
you know, your reputation is what it is. And so you've got to change a lot of things, both physically and mentally, especially due to the fact when you've got an offense that you want to be physical running the football, you want to smash and you want to use all your gaps effectively, whether that's going to be Abram Smith or whether that's going to be Treston Ebner or whether that's going to be Tay McWilliams, but you've got to establish it. And that's the other thing tomorrow, Matt, that we've got to see is can they just line up and, and punch Texas State. I don't care what Texas State isn't supposed to do this year. You should knock them on their backs. And if you're not doing that, then then you, you've got some red flags that you've got to, that are going to surface here until you prove otherwise. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. But but I I think this could be very interesting in Aranda. Like you say, he needs six or seven wins. He really does. Right. He, to, to have that kind of credibility, you, you sort of get the pandemic excuse last year. Um, yeah. And I think Dave, I think Dave would be the first guy to say, hey, we need to take that next step. And maybe Baylor can be one of those schools that beats what Vegas thinks. I think Vegas yeah. has them at five and a half wins in and so if they go six and six like you're saying, or even could go seven and five or something like that, sure. that would be that would be good. Um, all right, well, Kevin, listen, I will. Uh, I know you've got some stuff going on. You'll be watching and, and, and watching the game closely. I will be there in that press box, and it's. A, I think it's kind of an intimate little experience in that press box. All right, and I'll uh, I'll file updates to you. No, I, just kind of <laughs> like what I'm hearing in the press box. Yeah, I'll be up uh, there near like. Like when Warner or Jerry Hill say something interesting, I'll I'll kind of let you know what they said, okay? Because you know how okay, fascinating those guys can okay, be. But are you still gonna Are you still gonna be floating down the Guadalupe to get there, or have those plans changed? Well, I I couldn't figure out where that thing picks up. Like I need to find <laughs> the head of the Guadalupe, yeah, uh, to be able to jump in there and know exactly how to get. I, and what I've noticed is where I got to park is next to some big lake. It's not a river right there on campus. That's a big lake next to Bobcat Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've been to a, you've been to that stadium. Yes, I have. I yeah, I've been there like maybe twice. And so I'm hoping I'm hoping they have a live bobcat. Does that? Do you think they have a live bobcat? I love live animals, uh, live mascots like Baylor has. Um, I'm really hoping I could okay. find a live mascot on campus, a live bobcat. Uh, let me know. Well, if, you do I, that, yeah. if you do that, find, make sure that it's caged and not that it's roaming free out there. <laughs> I would love – you know how y'all run with Peruna? And y'all, those <laughs> – for some reason, you always – SMU pick some overweight guy to run with Peruna. <laughs> Why do they never Man. pick – like thin guys, they always pick like overweight guys, and maybe just because it looks funnier. They always seem like an overweight guy was running with the horse. Many a knees have suffered a, a bit ill fate trying to chase that thing, uh, holding it with a couple of reins on either side of it. So, you yeah, know, that's their yeah. funeral. But they signed up for that. I, I, that was never my bag. So, yeah, yeah. Sadly, they usually put Peruna uh, out there in those pony ride things. That's where he usually ends his life. I'm just, I'm sorry. You know, real quickly, Matt. You know, Peruna is like the only mascot I think that we've ever known that actually killed another school's mascot. Actually, like in the '40s, it killed the Fordham Ram. In a fight, like it bit it or something. It, it, I don't understand. I think, like it, it, I, think it, I think it back kicked it. Back kicked the ram and just kill and just like the ram was dead. True story. Yeah, that boy. I'm gonna have to really fact check that one. That's a that's. Uh, I believe. That sounds like something you, you might say. 
That sounds like you would have brought up over at whatever bar we used to go to in Arlington. I mean, that story's, I mean, that story's legendary. And stuff. Yeah, it sounds like Gilligan's or wherever we used to hang out. It's something, <laughs> something you might have thrown out. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right, take care, Matt.